All right, so with that said, I'll, I'll start out with the Matthew verse, uh, Thy will be done. Uh, that's, a, that's a very meaningful phrase to me, has always been in my faith journey, uh, and I pray it now, Thy will be done. Um, Laura stole a lot of my thunder <laughs> last week by choosing, um, choosing the Genesis passage about um, the episode at uh, Jacob, or whatever the name of whatever it is. Um, so I might refer back to that uh, today um, as a result of needing that, essentially. Uh, that is a crazy story. If you like look at what's not in the story, that's a crazy story. Um, and so uh, part of why I love scripture is because of craziness like that. Um, so kind of jumping back a little bit, um, about seven years ago, I... Uh, the way the language I use, the language of my soul, is that I lost faith. The way I would describe having lost faith would be to say that the mysteries of faith, those those elements that are embodied in um, that are embodied in the Apostles' Creed or Nicene Creed, went dark on me, and they were literally the foundation of of my belief. Um, you know, I, I could recite that creed and with full, you know, just expansiveness of my soul say that I deeply believed every single line of it. Um, then, uh, you know, I, I tried to reflect back as like, what, what happened? What, what was going on with me around those times? Um, you know, at that time, the, the, the whole notion of, like, standing before God, like the cherubim and seraphim, and throwing whatever earthly things we have at his feet and, and worshiping him was all that really mattered to me. Um, and, uh, and then suddenly that spark disappeared. And yet, even though I say that, I still find myself really compelled to if I see you know seeing a man standing in his strength and worshiping God or a woman standing in their strength worshiping God is still one of the most beautiful things in my mind um, in in a way I would say that having lost faith if you wanted to put a silver lining on it you could say well I've moved into my age of metaphor where now metaphor is the expression of my faith so all the metaphor, all the meaning, all the, you know, if you read the, the piece in here that talks about the elements and the symbology and other things like that, um, elements literally being like fire, earth, water, um, those sorts of things, all that stuff still holds really, really deep meaning for me. But, um, but when it comes down to the things that I would say were my measure of whether or not a person was a believer, whether or not a person was in a standing of faith, um, those things kind of just evaporated for me. Um, I brought this to, the, to Jan and others in the church. And, um, the response has been amazingly gracious uh, and, and accepting <laughs> in a way. Um, in fact, there's certain ways where I like want to distance myself. Like, well, I, I'm no longer like even standing here right now. 
I'm no longer qualified. I, you know, I'm out of the elect zone that lets me be here um, or have authority or to pray with somebody or to serve the offering. Um, and we've had long conversations about that, not definitive conversations, not, not like, you know, here's our position as a church kind of conversations, but, but conversations nonetheless. And um, the graciousness and welcoming that's still here through that has been great. Um, you know, I know that this isn't news to a lot of you. <laughs> and if it is news to you, it's not because I was withholding anything. It's, it, it, honestly, you know, my temperament is one where I would normally eject everything. I would leave, I would upturn my life, I would, I would literally change everything based on belief, because belief is so important to me. Um, and so to find myself in this place and to not upturn my world um, is, is an area of suffering, but it's a good suffering. Um, I, I want to just like change everything. Now, years into it, actually, however, I can say, I'm really glad I didn't. The things that have had meaning to me, even though the ultimate purpose of those things no longer is centered in Christ, those exact same things, metaphorically speaking, have all the meaning in the world to me and give my life purpose. Um, so not leaving, not upturning my world, uh, not upturning my family's world at the time, if you think back eight years ago, Elijah and Josue and Zion being here, oh my gosh, you know, and Jamie would have, would have destroyed their worlds. I didn't do it for that reason. I didn't not do it for that reason. Um, but I'm very thankful that I didn't um, at that time. I am open uh, to whatever happens to me in this life. Um, uh, you know, essentially this turning or whatever you want to call it, or or fading away, or I, I don't see that happening, but that's okay. I didn't see it coming as well. Um, a lot of the language I hear in church, so Jan pointed me at like St. John of the Cross and a bunch of these other kind of writers, um, the dark night of the soul, that sort of language, it really doesn't work for me. I don't feel in darkness. I don't feel a lack of some voice telling me what to do or guiding me through life. Um, so most of that journey of understanding where in my soul this language of, of, of a loss of faith, of struggling with my faith, is yet unjourneyed and undocumented. This is like the absolute first attempt. Up until now, it's been nothing but feelings and ideas and thoughts. So um, I expect that this will be a long journey for me, that I'll start to find and learn language. Um, moving forward um, with, with how this goes. Um, but I don't, I don't know much about it <laughs> other than that. Um, I find myself still in this place reaching out and talking to God nonstop. I, um, you know, I, I, it's literally a God I don't believe in, and yet I can't not be in conversation with him. Um, I... I even actually tried a little while <laughs> to not, um, and that felt so wrong. It like just like cut against my grain, and I was like, okay, all right, I guess we talk to God still. <laughs> um, and yeah, and that's okay um, <clears throat> for me. Um, so 
I want to pull back just a little bit and talk a little bit about how the book talked about struggle. Um, and then maybe talk a little bit about how, how many where I'm at right now. Um, so, a large portion, a large portion, well, okay, so the book talks about struggle being, um, being a call to suffering. And I think we can all, I mean, the human experience and suffering, it's universal, right? So, the call to suffering. Um, and then, and then they go further and then they say, it's not only a call to suffering, but it's a call to surrender, that you would surrender your will. Um, and I, I can even, I can even enter into that. Well, what are you going to surrender your will to? That, that's an interesting question, but, but, I, but I understand and believe in yielding my will to a greater good, as well as to, you know, inner, inner search for truth and inner um, self-acceptance and um, uh, knowing who I am and knowing what my place is in the world. You know, I'm clearly, I'm, we are all born of two parents. There's a communion that happens and we come out of that union, and we are born into union, we live in communion with family and with neighbors and friends and church and whatever. So there is a calling to this or a surrendering to uh, something bigger than myself that I fully accept and that I don't think of it as, I think of it as a surrender. I think of it as a, a putting myself and my will under the will of another um, in that sense. Um, I, I can still hold that language without it having to be an ultimate um, deity or, or, or unseen um, God. Um, in that in that progression, then is the total giving over. And I think part of my experience is a little that I I don't experience a lot of people doing a total giving over of everything. Um, you know, there's great songs <laughs> yeah, in the Christian tradition about they'll know us by our love, you know, um, and this, you know, this full, this full turning over of one's will into God, and I, I don't really experience that completely. I experience it on some level, but I don't experience it completely, and that's not an indictment. <laughs> it's just where. I find things that I really want inside and things that I find in the actual world not being consistent. Um, there's language and there's depth and there's meaning inside of my heart and inside of my being that resonate with the messages of scripture and the story of Christ and whatnot that are, that are that, that just they plumb the depth of who I am and, and still do, even though I'm not in a place of faith. Um, there's a richness in the symbology and the metaphor and the, and the stories that are um, that are told that that you know have deep meaning to me still even even in this place. Um, I'm you know every now and then I struggle with the idea of, of um, combat. They talk about struggle and combat, with, like with um, the fighting that happened last week in Genesis. Um, I kind of wanted to reject it at first, uh, but then you know, started thinking about it and thinking about how how voracious life is. Life makes us make choices. We have to choose 
um, and there's there's always a challenge. And I feel like struggle, I feel like struggle is puts us in a place where we have to choose. Um, we have, you know, scriptures full of pruning. And if you think of pruning, if you like that branch and that branch gets clipped off, kind of sucks, you know. <laughs> so you know, so I, I don't expect. I don't expect life to not be hard. I even welcome that life is difficult and that we make difficult choices. Um, and so, you know, it's a, this is a point where in, in this area of non-belief, like interacting with my family, interacting with my kids, I didn't tell my kids for a very, very long time out of respect for Jamie. Um, I could even say that they only have a tertiary understanding um, of, of where I stand in my faith. Um, I think, you know, they're teenagers, so right now they kind of welcome it. <laughs> um, uh, I fully expect that they'll all become uh, devout, you know, religious believers later in life and will challenge me to the nth degree, and that'll be great, that'll be wonderful. I won't stand in any way uh, on them in that area. But um, but if not, then maybe they can be part of my journey um, of learning what it means to um, have language in this place. Um, I think I think it's worth just talking a little bit about the practicalities of what really caused struggle for me. Um, they're going to be a little weird, okay? And, and as I went through this as I went through this journey, I definitely felt like my sense of um, what's the right way to say it? Um, entitlement or um, I live in, I live a, I live a blessed life full of riches. Um, I have so many things to be thankful for. So so much graciousness is put upon me. So much forgiveness has been given to me that I know that I I have time to be existential. I have time to worry about or think about these things where others don't and I, I, I get that um, so that place of privilege it doesn't it doesn't go unnoticed by me so while I say these things I realize that I'm blessed with the ability to have even room and space in my life to even think about them um, but the dream so the big places of struggle my brother died my brother was 30-something. He died right before 9-11 happened, a month before 9-11 happened. And sent me in a tailspin because um, he was a non-believer. And uh, I just couldn't fathom a universe where he's going to end up in some perpetual state of disconnection from, from God. Um, you know, I'm going to bring a science mind into this a little bit because it's part of my journey, it's part of my story. I just, I just can't fathom. You know, we're made of we're made of matter. We're we're enlivened with energy. We're full of energy. Our energy interacts with other people's energy and matter. Matter doesn't dissipate. It's a constant in the universe with energy. A little bit of matter equals a lot of energy. We're spun out of the stars. We have consciousness. None of this escapes me as being the most miraculous thing in the world. I came to a point where I feel like this is enough. I don't need a heaven or a hell. 
I don't have any need for an afterlife. I don't want to live forever. This world, this moment with you people, is enough. I think of the billions of leaves out there fluttering on trees and water and nutrients making their way up and getting photosynthesized into energy for the trees and the vastness of the universe and the uncountability of the stars, let alone the planets that circle them. And I'm utterly blown away by exactly what is right now. Um, I don't need anything else other than that. I feel so gracious that I get to be a part of it and have any sort of mental understanding of any of it. But that's enough for me. And I think it was enough for my brother. Part of looking for what happens to a person? What happens when we all die? What happens when it, we all don't get out of this? We're all going to die. And it all wraps up in the end of days. What is that? I, I talked to every pastor that was at my church that I was going to at that time. I listened to crazy people on the internet and AM radio and read books and myself. And I realized nobody has a good answer for this. There is no good answer for any of this. And then that took me down a weird path of like immaculate conception. Sorry, I know it's not a topic we really talk about, but like, is Mary's genes really in Jesus, or is it all God? Or if it isn't, if it's all, if it is some of Jesus, if it is some of Mary, then how did the immaculate conception happen? That sounds a lot like a lot of Zeus and other kind of stories I've heard in my life. And the whole propitiation, the whole transubstantiation, or whatever you believe about about the table. Um, I think the table is an amazing, beautiful symbol, and I welcome it every week. Um, but it's pretty nuts. <laughs> okay, you get it? I'm glad. Um, I won't even go into any more than that. Oh, one, one thing. I will go a little bit into it. So there's a long, long history of propitiation in many different cultures and religions. In fact, every religion. Um, slaughtered, murdered, killed something, somebody, um, shed blood, all in the name of God. And I just can't abide by that. Um, and I know a lot of people say, no, we shouldn't abide by it. It shouldn't happen. It wasn't meant to be that way. I, I know I know all. But it did. It's a core tenant, and it's one of the most difficult for me to stay around and with. Um, so that's a huge part of the struggle for me. Um, I'll try and wrap it up. Um, one of the other main areas for me has been the notion of um, sexuality in the church. Um, I went back, you know, during, I, I, I don't know what started it, but I started looking back at how the church handles sex and talks about sex and deals with sexuality, deals with gender, um, and, um, I stand, I stand in judgment of it as woefully inadequate. Um, I feel, I, I, I mean, I, I literally went back to Council of Trent, tried, tried to look at different churches, different denominations, meetings and decisions about sexuality and homosexuality and um, you know, the gamut of, of the spectrum of 
what is sexuality. You talk to any doctor and they'll say, they'll tell you, they, you know, OBGYN, they're like, it is a full spectrum of sexuality. Um, like just physically, let alone mentally. And um, in reading that, that those histories, I actually found a lot of cruelty, um, not a lot of love. And, um, and that's, that's another difficult thing, and I know people have left this space as a result of that. Um, but that's, that's an area that I, I find difficulty staying in the struggle with this, not, not just with this church, but in church in general. Um, this church, I, you know, despite the denomination standings, <laughs> Despite the denomination standing, I find this church accepting. Um, but, you know, along those lines, I, I, the, one, the one last thing I'll talk about struggle, and especially the struggle with the church, is um, I found a massive amount of evidence, essentially, um, that the church stands against scientific study, scientific discovery, scientific understanding. suffering, gentleness um, in this community, in the words of scripture, in the writings of scripture, uh, in the words of the mystics, uh, 
I know that I know that the fruit of the Spirit lean towards life, regardless of what I believe, which really gives me a, you know, a deep settling, settledness in, in being here. Uh, that gets embodied in the notion of thy will be done, thy kingdom come. That's great for me. I, I can move there. Uh, so I, I hope you guys can live with me being there as well for as long as I'm there. Um, that's it.